Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Well, today's message is entitled, Jesus Audience or Jesus Army. And we are reading out of Luke 21, and I'll just finish the reading for this afternoon. In Luke 21.12, Jesus says that they're going to seize His disciples and persecute them. Jesus said, They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison and you will be brought before kings and governors all on account of My name. And so you will bear testimony to Me. But make up your minds not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. Not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Recently I met a new pastor friend. And the theme of his church is we're mobilizing an army and not an audience. He has that in writing on his website. And when I read that, I go, I absolutely love that statement. We're mobilizing an army, not an audience. That statement captures the true spirit of Jesus and the spirit and ethos of apostolic Christianity. I'm asking everybody this question, but especially those under 35 today. What's it going to be, folks? Are you going to be a generation that is a Jesus audience or a generation that is a Jesus army? What's it going to be? Audience or army? Let's be real. Let's be honest. If you need to think about it, fine. But if you're already decided, hey, I'm happy just to be in a Jesus audience. This message is probably not for you. And the best thing you could probably do is keep listening, though you're probably going to turn it off because what I'm going to say is going to challenge you. If you're willing to give this some thought and you're willing to say to yourself, I want to be part of a Jesus army, at least I'm willing to consider it, the first thing you need to know and to do is to understand that the hour in which you are living is an hour of crisis. If you don't see that, then you have been blinded to the events of our current age. Right now, we're seeing the collapse of Christianity in the West wholesale. As much as there's a revival in the developing world, there is a wholesale collapse of the Christian faith, the Christian church, in the so-called Christian West. In 2019, Pope Francis himself declared, Christendom no longer exists. It's gone. 
and the vestiges that remain will soon be gone. Even now in this time of crisis we're living in, we are seeing the demise of classic liberalism. The democratic liberalism that the republics of our Western civilization were founded upon. Founded upon civil liberties. In fact, civil liberties themselves, God-given, unalienable rights, natural rights given us by God, are under assault by the party of FDR. The party of FDR is using the FBI and the DOJ to go after its political enemies. And we're seeing this on the national level as well as the state level. Ah, uh, Father John's just railing. We know he's a Republican. Actually, I'm not a Republican. But let me just say this, party of FDR, even one of your own, Alan Dershowitz, a classic good guy liberal who is an advocate of civil rights and has been his entire life, has said that your party, the party he voted for, is a party that is assaulting the civil liberties of American and politicizing the FBI and the DOJ. In fact, Alan Dershowitz went so far even to say that this is worse than the time of Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare. So what he's saying, if there's never been a time, at least since World War I, maybe not in the whole history of the American Republic, that we have seen such an assailment of civil liberties, God-given rights. That includes your right to worship who and what you want and how you want, folks. During this so-called lockdown, we saw horrible things go on. Pastors arrested. Churches threatened. Child services sent to people's homes who wouldn't comply. We could go on and on and on and on and on. And I know what you were thinking. You were thinking the Republicans were going to have the red landslide and save you. Well, time to get over that one. Listen, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not prophetic in the sense that I'm saying this. I don't know, but here's what I think. I think the American Republic is, is uh, waning. That our days as a country are numbered. I see the rise of Antichrist theology, Antichrist doctrine, and the collapse of the Christian faith in Western civilization. It's a time of generational crisis and if you don't see it that way, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As we read Luke 21 about the signs that would precede the end of the age, we see more and more that these things came to pass in 70 A.D. with the Roman destruction of the temple and continue unabated and accelerated into our day. What's it going to be? Jesus' audience or Jesus' army? You got to decide. You got to understand. You got to discern the signs of time. What time are we living in? You ready to be a Jesus army? You ready to go apostolic on the world? Like your brothers and sisters in the developing world are doing? Are you ready for it? Are you going to get serious about it? Here comes some tough love. You got to leave your attractional spectator church. 
You've got to leave them. I don't say that with joy. I don't say that with anger. I just say that as a matter of fact. Your attractional spectator church is incapable of mobilizing a Jesus army. It's incapable of ushering in genuine, true, grassroots, generational revival. Can't do it. Can't do it. It's not what it's geared to do. It's not what it was set up to do. I'm not saying that your spectator attractional church is not doing anything good and helpful because they are. They have a place, but that place is shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And what we need is an apostolic movement, a Jesus army to be unleashed in Western culture. Are you ready to leave your attractional spectator church and pursue grassroots generational revival and be mobilized as an apostolic Jesus army? Next thing you got to do is understand, and I understand too, that some of you can't leave. Some of you who are listening to me are saying, that's, that's a non-starter, Father John. I cannot leave my church. And I kind of know who you are, and I, I know the reasons you have, and some of them are actually legitimate reasons. You can't leave for one reason or another. You can't leave your attractional spectator church. And there's some of you who are fully disgusted with the direction your church is going and the lack of courage of your pastors to speak out against the present evils of this age. I know who you are and I know why you can't leave. But listen, you can partner, you can partner with apostolic orders. There are apostolic orders, missionary orders that you can partner with. You come from the evangelical Protestant side of the fence. There are missional parachurch ministries. So I can't leave my spectator church. Too complicated to get into. You can, you can partner with parachurch ministries, missional ministries that are doing real apostolic ministry that your church can't do. What is apostolic ministry? First of all, it's grassroots. It's at the grassroots level. Look at every major revival in history have one thing at least in common, many things, but at least this one is it's all at the grassroots level. It didn't start in big arenas. Didn't start in big stadiums. Okay, maybe it did when they were martyred in the stadiums. Okay, maybe that's, if you're ready for that, then probably get together in a stadium and be martyred. Okay, and I'm being a little bit facetious. But we've got to start thinking big and we've got to start thinking small. Small fires. Small fires. Thousands upon thousands of small fires in little localities and in missional apostolic worship communities. Local churches that are on fire for Jesus and lighten those Jesus fires that become one big raging fire of generational revival. You might say, hey, Father John, Jesus had crowds. Yeah, but they came to Him spontaneously. He didn't go rent out the Hippodrome. They came to Him spontaneously. I'm not against big things, but let them be big things that 
are orchestrated out of a genuine move of the Spirit that's already happening versus trying to stir something up by gathering a bunch of people who want to be spectators in an audience in the Hippodrome, in the big stadium, in the big arena. Apostolic ministry is doing what Jesus and the apostles did. That's what apostolic ministry is. Romans 15, the end of the epistle to Romans, Paul gives the report to the Roman church. He said, this is what I've been doing. 15, 19, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So, from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the Gospel. Signs and wonders. Power from on high. If you're going to be part of the Jesus army, it's time for you to receive power from on high. You may even be in a Pentecostal charismatic church. It's time to stop watching your pastor or your healing evangelist receive power from on high and time for you to start receiving it. Another name for power on high is baptism with the Holy Spirit. Yes, folks, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But there is an endowment and a clothing of the Spirit spoken of in the last chapter of Luke in the first chapter of Acts where Jesus said, you will receive power from on high. That's why they had to wait in Jerusalem for the day of Pentecost. We need another generation. I can't believe it. The last one didn't pass it on. We need another generation who is receiving power from on high and equipped to move in gifts of the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders. Not everybody may move in the power of the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit the same as everybody else. There's different ministries. There's different measures of ministries. Some are going to have more. Some are going to have less. But we need to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, power from on high, get baptized with the Holy Spirit, be equipped to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders to reach this generation of indifferent post-Christian people. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Jesus' army or Jesus' audience? The world's not impressed by your big gatherings, by your light shows, by your huge bands. They're not impressed by that. But they will be impressed when you are moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, moving in signs and wonders. And finally, if you're going to be part of the Jesus army, you've got to be prepared to fulfill John 17. And by doing so, you will recover and embody all the ministry of Jesus. John 17, Jesus prayed the famous prayer we all know but never do. My prayer is not for them alone, verse 20, Jesus said. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you folks, that's me. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer for us. Listen very carefully to it, because it gives us the key to bring generational revival. Verse 21, he said, I pray that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. He said his prayer is that we would be one as he and the Father were one. 
And don't try for a minute to tell me that isn't visible unity. If you can't see that Jesus was one with the Father, then you weren't watching. It's not just this one in spirit thing, which is good, but it was visible unity he's praying for. He says this, let this rock your boat. I've given them the glory that you gave me. He's given us his glory that we may be one as they are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may brought, be, be brought into complete unity. Complete, total, holistic. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Have you ever noticed that other Christians look weird to you? Have you noticed that? Those who are outside the evangelical tribe look at the evangelical tribe and they go, oh, those evangelicals look so weird. And they talk so weird. And the evangelicals and the sacramental folks look at the charismatic folks and they go, oh, they're so weird. They look so weird. They talk so weird. The evangelical and charismatic folks, they look at the sacramental folks and they go, oh, the sacramental folks look so weird and talk so weird. We all look weird to each other. Why is that? I think it's a little bit likened to dog breeds. You want to know what a dog really looks like? Go to India and look at a street dog. That's what, that's what dog looks like. But when you start tinkering with a dog, you get corgis. You get wiener dogs. You get huskies and German shepherds. You get, you get bloodhounds. You go, how can this be the same species? And this is what we've done. We've taken parts of Jesus and we've gone to extremes. Jesus was evangelical. He was charismatic. And He was sacramental. But the church broke apart and went off in the directions that it favored in the life and ministry of Jesus and started doing and emphasizing those things. There's an old nursery rhyme. You know it. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men could never put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Some people say that's about the Roman Empires. Others say it's about the church. But if it is about the church, folks, let me assure you of one thing. Christ will put His church back together. It will look like Him. It will be an evangelical, charismatic, sacramental church. And when He returns His church through tough times and persecution and hard living, will be completely one. It will look like Him. My mom used to say, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, John. Well, she passed on not too long ago. And I think before she passed on, she realized that the world is not only going to hell in a handbasket, it's just going to hell. The world is on its way to hell. And we are in a time of crisis like we have never seen before. Not in my generation, not in my mother and father's generation, not even in my grandfather's generation, which goes back to World War I, World War II. The only answer is, and ever was, you know it, Jesus. We have to have a generational revival. We have to have it. If we don't have it, 
Oh, we can't even go there. We have to have a generational revival. And to have a generational revival, we need to have two things. One is repentance in the church. Where does the buck stop? Why is the world going to hell? Why is the world going to hell in a handbasket? Why has Christendom collapsed in Western civilization? Where does the buck stop? Is it the fault of the atheist? Is it the fault of the government? Is it the fault of the church? Yeah, yeah that's where the buck stops. It stops with us. Every time you look at one of your neighbors who are on their way to an eternity without Christ and who are outside the life of Holy Mother Church, you need to point a finger at yourself and say, that's on me. That's on us. And then you have to decide, are you going to be the Jesus audience or are you going to be the Jesus army? The apostolic church was the Jesus army. And at the vanguard of the Jesus army, there was a special name for those vanguard of people. You know what we call them? Martyrs. They witnessed and fought for Christ with their blood. Jesus said in Luke 21, 17, Everyone will hate you because of Me. Everyone. But stand firm and you will win life. Folks, again, Jesus' army or Jesus' audience? You decide. May the Lord raise up a generation in my lifetime once again that will go forth in the bold power of the Holy Spirit and under the anointing of Christ's prayer, John 17, bring forth true generational revival to this land. Amen. You've been listening to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. We invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. To find out more about Hope on the Way Ministries and Father John, check out our website at hopeontheway.info. That's hopeontheway.info. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the companionship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Amen.